everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about epic duels, a whole lot of talking, and Operation Cobra Part 2, Operating Cobraing Harder. I'm Beth Elderkid, and I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Operation Cobra Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Like, the joke is right there if you're going to be this obviously bad at naming things. I hate this naming convention thing. It fell apart so quickly. But I'm fine. Yeah, the, we don't need operations anymore. People no. can just do stuff on the show. I Henry just, can just do things. I just, like, I get it. I get it. I get the the cute level of it being like, this is our thing. We name it after things. But, like, Operation Mongoose, I think, was the most clever one because it's a foil to Operation Cobra. But, like, op- Operation Cobra 2, it has, it's, it's in no way similar to Operation Cobra. So... And I've also said Cobra so many times now, I'm worried it's not a word. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that happened to me yesterday. I saw the word independent, like in a a cryon on Uh the news. Yeah. And uh, because of Kirsten Cinema. And I looked at it and I could have sworn it was spelled wrong, but it wasn't. But I stared at it for a really long time. This word shouldn't be spelled like this. Yeah, yeah. As someone who hails from Independence, Missouri, uh, yeah, it's one of those words where you're just like, it's an I, and then the rest are E's. And it looks so bizarre, because you're like, no, there's like an independence. Independent. And then you just start pronouncing it like a lunatic, trying to spell it. I love spelling. The English language is so weird. It is very weird. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Dreamcatchers. Yeah, unfortunately. We're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 10, Broken Heart. An episode that had the makings of something really great, full-on Season 2 Buffy, Angelus, you know, the evil Dark Hook has risen from the ashes. Uh, he is having an amazing time. He's li- this, this actor is living his best life. And yet, he, not even Colin O'Donohue with all the hair in front of his eyes, can save what is overall a pretty boring episode. Oh my god, there's so much talking. Like, so much talking, it got it, it got fan fiction-y. Like, I thought I was being explained the rules to the show the way that, like, an AO3 fan fiction would explain it to me, being like, no, 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 these are the rules that are established and this is why we can break all of them. They did it, like, two or three times in the episode, and it drove me bonkers. Um, <clears throat> and also, like, at the very end, in the very last scene, it's the same thing. Hello, I've arrived. I've done everything you've asked. And I've also done all of the things that you've asked. So I'm going to explain all of those things, even though both you and I know what those things are. I'm explaining it to no one for no discernible reason. I mean, it kind of checks out that it feels fan fiction-y. Because when I was searching this episode on Google, one of the first things that came up was a was something on Goodreads called Once Upon a Broken Heart. And I thought for sure this was a Once Upon a Time fan fiction about Dark Hook and Dark Emma going on a crime spree together. But instead, it's a 2021 book by Stephanie Garber. Uh, has a very funny sounding premise. It's it's full on fantasy erotica. So just like have at I'm it. In. I'm in. Have fun. Have I'm a great in. time. <laughs> uh, but no, that is not the episode we are talking about. We are journeying into the journey of Dark Hook becoming Dark Hook. And I do want to give Colin O'Donohue credit. He is having a lot of fun in this role. And he he makes more of it than I think is on the page. Oh, yeah. he. Some of the stuff that they have him say is insane. 
um and or boring which is a weird yeah <laughs> just some of the most boring nonsense you've ever done heard but he says it with his his punk rock emo hair and i guess it's fine his punk rock emo, emo hair and his um and his hot outfits because one of the first things he does when we are back in the enchanted forest this is immediately after hook has become the dark one the darkness has entered inside of his body he has emerged in the woods in the giant hood and abby as a present for you one of the first things he does is why am i why am i dressed like a monk this is stupid and then he magically gives himself evil cleavage it's great listen and I would like to clarify, I don't have a problem with cloaks so much. It was just, it's so, it seemed, looking at it more this episode, it still seems like it was, like, framed with wire somehow. Because it just seemed unnatural. It didn't hang like a cloak should. I don't know. It drove me nuts. But yes, I do like that he switched it. I think the only thing that I really didn't care for with the portrayal of Hook is the fact that they gave him this crazy hair and this awesome outfit. But then they make it look like he's a, a vampire who hasn't eaten in a while. Like, everyone else gets yeah. to look absolutely like a stone-cold fox. A rumple, whatever. But, like, he gets to go be like, he's, I got this crazy gold skin. I'm super scary. He just looks like a vampire that has not been fed, but, like, in a bad way. Like, he yeah. doesn't look bloodthirsty. He looks like he's on the brink of death. Because he's, like, got the red under his eyes. And he's just like, please, God, I gotta, you know, whatever. But... Anyway, so I realized what the hood reminds me of. I'm going to send you a picture like okay. what his outfit reminds me of. OK, uh, let me add this picture to you while we talk more about how silly his hood looks, because it looks incredibly silly. Let me know if you recognize what this image is and I will describe it to our wonderful audience in just a moment. You will not get it. And it's going to be very funny to me. Oh, no, I don't recognize it, but it is very similar. Yes, it is incredibly accurate. Yes. So that is in the 1997 movie Lost in Space. Oh, what a pull. Is that yes. the Matt LeBlanc one? That's the Matt LeBlanc one. Absolutely. And basically what happens is there is an alternate reality where Dr. Smith is bitten by this like alien spider and he turns into like a pregnant giant alien spider. This is a real thing in the movie. Um, but he wears this cloak over his like transformed spider body. And it has this giant hood thing, and he looks—it's weirdly similar. Beth, as as a as a big fan of deep cuts, I tip my hat. That was Thank you. that was an amazing deep cut. Isn't like Lacey Chabert also in that movie? She is. She is Penny. I remember watching that movie like once, but like I saw it in the theaters, and I was like, I had no context for what it was or why it was happening. But I'm like, this is Joy from Friends. Hey. <laughs> I saw that movie a lot of times. My parents were big fans of Lost in Space when they were kids. So we saw it in the theaters. Ah, uh, yeah. And I saw it a few times afterward. It was, I, I enjoyed it. It's it's incredibly stupid. It's so dumb. Lost but, in Space is kind yeah. of that way. Like, it's just, like, I, was it Netflix that redid, redid Lost in Space? They did. And I actually got to go to the set for the first season. We watched uh, some of it. It was, it was. It was good. good. Yeah, it was good, but it was like also, it, it almost felt held back by its own premise. Well, when that you're that, the, it you know. was super serious. Like, I feel yeah. like Lost in Space should have a Doctor Who vibe to it, where it's like, listen, we know that, like, we've got so much money, but we're going to make everything out of styrofoam just because we can. <laughs> <laughs> See how much we want to talk about this episode, y'all? Oh, guys. Listen. Listen, this episode, I'm sure it's fine, but man, it was a snoozer. 
It was just, it couldn't, it couldn't, wait, wait, it's, wait, ready? It didn't hook me. Ah, Alright, so back in the Enchanted Forest, we are seeing the flashback of what immediately happened after, you know, in the events that we saw in the Dreamcatcher. So this is Hook's memories returning to him, they're returning to us. Uh, and and Merida and her magic beer, ne'er to be found until the very end of the episode when Merida is caught up in in, in caught up in the storm. Even though there's no reason for it, she's well, over in Dunbrock. I don't know how she got caught in without all her. She didn't subjects. have grump- she didn't have Grumpy to warn her. Mm, fair, yeah. Grumpy wasn't there to warn. Where's Grumpy been the past? Remember, like all the dwarves came. Yeah, no, literally, like the first like three or four episodes, we couldn't get the dwarves out of the scenes, and now they're just permagon. Yeah, what a weird way to front load it. Like I was like, oh, we're I'm about to see the dwarves for the rest of my life, and now they're just gone. Confusing. They'll be back eventually. Someone's got to warn us about a curse. Yeah. All right. Well. Hook has changed into his gorgeous outfit. He is feeling great. And then all of a sudden, uh-oh, guys, Rumple's in the picture. Hook does not want to see him. This is not a happy reunion. But don't worry about it because it's all a manifestation of his mind. In fact, this isn't actually Rumple at all. It is an embodiment of the Dark One because there are all the Dark Ones in his head. They all live in harmony. It's like the Avatar. Oh, God. That would have been... I would have loved it for them to have done more of an Avatar-like thing where they were switching around a bunch because, like, just, like, learning the different lessons. I want to know more about the Dark Ones. Like, don't do this to me and then don't give me more information. I feel like I remember being disappointed about this. Like, the yeah. next episode, we're like, oh, well, the Dark Ones are coming. We're going to get a bunch, of, a bunch of cool lore. And I, 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 feel, I feel like there's a memory blocked somewhere of me being wildly disappointed by what ends up happening. I just don't yeah. remember what it is. I just remember, because I was here this last time. I was like, oh, man, we're going to learn all about the Dark Ones. We're going to get so much lore drop. No lore drop. Yeah, because, like, there's, you have all these different, pe- you know, all these different people and boars from throughout history who have embodied this this presence. And all of them clearly have different motivations and, and different personas and different ways of handling it. Because every single Dark One we've met so far takes on the persona differently. Like, yeah. for example, Emma, she's just given up being a dark one. She's like dark one light. She's like diet dark one. Yeah, she has the whole, like, they do, looking back on it, I do like the way that they showed her fighting this a lot more because she just, she genuinely didn't have the, like, the darkness lived in her in the way that, like, darkness lives in basically most people. Like, it would creep up on you and you would suddenly feel like, but, like, with Hook, he was barely holding himself together, like, being in love with Emma, he had built, like, this, like, weird paper wall. Be like, no, darkness, I kept it back here. I've decided to be good because I'm in love with this blonde lady. I'm just going to keep it over here. And then becoming the dark one, he, like, showed up mad and ready to kill everyone. Like, he yes. was gone immediately. Like, he didn't fight it. He didn't have a fighting chance at all. Um, but his scream also kind of made me chuckle. It was a little ridiculous. It was a little, <laughs> a little ridiculous. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, Dark One Rumple has a brilliant idea. Why doesn't Hook kill him? Just kill me. I don't need to live. And you'll get your revenge. It'll all be great because that's all Dark Hook can focus on is his revenge because that's what drove him for so long. And I I like that and understand that. I just, 
there's so much more they could have done with it. They could have gone full Angelus with this, where where Hook has all these machinations and he's putting all these deals in place and he's doing all these different things like Rumple would do. It doesn't matter if Hook is new to the job. I still think that he's a smart guy and I, I figure he would be a smart dark one. But a lot of it seems yeah. kind of like happenstance. Yeah, it also seems like he's being um, <laughs> he's being hoodwinked um, by his giant hood. I I just I feel like they take away from Hook's character a little bit to not have him at least kind of be fighting it, or at least seem more in control of it. Um, he is a captain. Captains are built a little bit differently than just like your regular guy. Um. I guess. But you also have to remember that they have to do this to fuel and get a bunch of flashbacks randomly to be able to see Mila's face and say her name four episodes later. We need to also, be reminded. Also for this one, too. And yes, but we also need to be reminded for this one because they have a little duel over right, right. that whole scenario. Yes. Well, while Hook has disappeared, everyone starts looking for him. Uh, people kind of realize it, it's it's the post, uh, it's the it's the afterglow of Emma turning Hook into a second dark one. David's mad. Mary Margaret is understanding, and I, I I think her argument is very good. I think her point of view is very good here. I just don't like the fact that she waffles so much from episode to episode. Like yeah. she's mad sometimes and then she's totally supportive other times. It's just what the scene needs her to do. Mm-hmm. She isn't consistent in how she feels, which is very weird for Mary Margaret for Snow White because that was really a core drive of her character was she was so constant in how she felt and how she responded to situations. She was very strong and, and, and self-assured. Because that's why Mary Margaret was such an interesting contrast, because Mary Margaret was so uh, timid and a pushover. Right. And it's, it's this version of Snow, I think, Mary Margaret is the the correct one, where she's going to be like, no, 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 I get it. Like, it wasn't the choice that we would have made. She's still a little horrified by it, because it's like, okay, well, we split our hearts. That's a little different. Emma has unleashed an evil into this world that we've never known. <laughs> but her boyfriend's still alive, so I guess it's fine. <laughs> I just, I love the, I love the track of, like, trying to, the, the number of women that have tried to keep their men alive by turning them into monsters is hysterical to me. It's, I don't think they were trying to make a really fun uh, metaphor, uh, but they did, so... Oh, yes. Uh, I cannot wait till we talk about the the well scene where Belle is basically like, you're fixed, so I don't want you anymore. Oh, Belle. Oh, like it's it's supposed to be like this good moment. But the more again, the more she talks, like, the it's worse fine. it is. Yeah. yeah, it's fine when she starts. I'm like, cool, we're with you. And then she kept talking. I'm like, hmm. Hmm. OK. Okay. You got to the right conclusion, but for the wrong reasons. They, yeah, you, you took the wrong direction to yeah, get yeah, there, yeah. lady. It's the it's the the answer's right, but the math yes. ain't mathin'. <laughs> no, it is not. I don't understand. There were a lot of words that you wrote in here in this math equation that shouldn't be here. Um, but then you somehow got the right answer. Who did you cheat off of? One point I want to make that's very annoying is apparently Merlin saw this coming. And didn't tell anybody because he's like, oh, of all the all the pro- all the potential futures, this was the worst one. 
I don't know. I feel like the one where you died, that's the one you told everyone was the worst one. You didn't mention this one at all. Yeah, like, this is a problem with prophecy characters. You can be this lazy with them. Mm -hmm. Because Merlin would have at least hinted this because that's that's the thing that just drives me crazy about like prophetic characters where they like they give you they spoon feed you all of the information but they do it in weird sphinxian riddles so it's like oh that's what you mean like if you would have sat down next to emma and been like don't do it emma don't don't do what don't pull the sword from the stone you'll split hearts in two and I, you know what I mean? Store, split hearts of two and bring back a monster of blue. What does that mean? Oh, it means you're going to turn Harkin into a dark one. He's going to bring back Nim away. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I just... I lost my train of thought because this is all very silly. One random question. Okay. Because because Merlin dies in this episode. His heart okay. gets crushed. Dark Hook crushes the heart. That's the big reveal. R.I.P. So... How, how, how does he, how is he in the future? When is he in because the Because when he sees young Emma and tells her not to pull the sword from the stone, because that assumes that the sword has been put back into the stone, which is what Hook does in this episode. I think it's like a back to the future situation. I feel like he magicked himself forward to be like, hey, don't pull the sword. Like he knows that there's a timeline in which she would need to do that. And so he travels to that timeline. Like, uh, so he's like Bernard from season four of Westworld. Yeah. Or like, um, yeah, just like a, like a, like a real bad Dr. Strange character, like, Ver- mm. you know, like, you know, it'd be like, there was one timeline in which this all works. I would have almost preferred him to do that more thing being like, this is the way it has to be to, to correct everything as opposed to being like, this is the worst possible thing that has ever happened to literally anyone. We can't let any of this happen ever. Yeah, you think if this was the worst outcome, which means he knew it was an outcome, as Emma was doing it, you think Hook, like Merlin would have sat down next to her and be like, hey, Emma, BT dubs, I saw this. This was the worst future. And, and Hook's going to hate it. And he's going to dump you. And it's going to suck. So just don't do this. But he doesn't say anything because I don't think they'd written this into the story yet. No. I, and I do think that it would have been like a, hey, this happens because Hook sustains. Maybe he doesn't know everything. Maybe it's a lot like Rumpel's uh, prophetic sight that he doesn't have anymore. Uh, or does, or I can't remember if they bring up ever again. Where it's only glimpses. Where it's just one of those, hey, maybe we should keep Hook away from sharp things. Um, because he's going to get cut and it's going to be a fatal wound (laughs) because the whole time I'm realizing now that like the thing that bothered me about Merlin speaking in the episode where Hook like is almost dying is that he's just being like, oh yeah, no, he cut himself. That's or he's going to die. Girl, he dead. Like he knows he's talking like he knows. Like I thought it was a boring tone of speech. I think it's supposed to be a, yeah, he knows this is happening and he's just like watching a car crash happen in real time that he cannot stop. But he had so long to prepare for the car accident. Like, put up a stop sign, man. Maybe. So, it, it, literally like anything. In a, he's, he's in a golf cart slowly hitting to- heading toward the wall. No. No. Get out of the way. I can walk faster than you. No. 
Uh, All right. It's a mess. A mess. It is. It is. It is a mess. All right. Anyway, so Merlin is is being like, guys, this sucks. We've got to do something. Uh, hey, Lancelot, your mom is the Lady of the Lake. Do we know this? I don't know. I also was confused because I'm like, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought, I don't know. I was a little confused because I thought Nimue was the Lady of the Lake. I that in my brain for yeah. some reason. Um, but I, I don't, I think my brain was just mashing some things up. So I am also confused by this. I don't know if this was just like a real casual lore drop or if this was something we knew before. I genuinely don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I'm, I'm looking in that, the, the, like the episode connections and I'm not seeing anything in there that, well, that indicates okay. that this was something that was established before. Um, but I mean, okay, cool. His mom is a lady of the lake. Why not? Sure. Apparently, there's also a deleted scene where we see him get swallowed up in the smoke. But I guess they chose not to show that, probably for the reason being he wasn't actually in Storybrooke. <laughs> it, it just, hey, where, well, actually, where is he? Oh, he he's just been drinking at Granny's. Yeah. We haven't seen him because he's decided he doesn't want to be a part of this. Uh, the, the, the Charmings have screwed him over too many times. He's done. Which I feel like is a, is a real bummer that they weren't able to get the actor because they could have really followed through on the Arthur-Guinevere situation. Because Guinevere is still an open-ended question mark of she's been brainwashed by this guy. And I honestly can't remember if we actually get re- a resolve on this or not. I hope we do, but I can't remember. I, I feel like we do because, because oh, spoiler alert, earmuffs, uh, I bre- Arthur dies. I yeah. think that that comes at that moment because obviously mm. like the person who the perfect person who puffs the dust out of their hand I think once they die the gets released if I'm remembering I I I vaguely remember this happening um but I vaguely remember a lot of weird things so maybe I'm just wrong <laughs> uh, could, a, lot, a lot has happened since the last time we did this including a global pandemic so like it could be anything um I do miss I, I wish Lancelot would have been more involved in the storybook timeline. I also now am wondering all of the people from Arthur's kingdom that got brought over, how is Storybrooke's economy handling it? They got they all got pushed off into the woods to fend for themselves. They're fine. Oh, okay. That's fine. Could you imagine yeah. just like how much just like, okay, well, we're here and we're all living in tents and eating these weird berries that grow in the woods. Just like everyone else is getting some beers and grannies. Like, <laughs> it's fine. We'll ignore the new people. It's whatever. There's not. Yeah, a- we're good. You'd think that there would be more like Storybrooke would have a better like incoming citizens plan. Yeah. Especially because that was a huge part of season two. Like mm-hmm. when everyone got their memories back and they're trying to look for their family members and stuff. That was a whole big deal. Yeah. But I, I just feel like everyone is everyone in Storybrooke is like, you know what? We've been through this before. And you know what? We lost our beer garden. We're suffering too, okay? We don't have time for your problems. Go live in the woods. We'll deal later. I'm also wondering if they had awkwardly asked enough times, uh, you know, who were you back in the, you know, fairy tale? Like, I wonder if they asked that enough and people responding going, I was no one. I was poor. I lived in pig shit. Like, <laughs> I'm no one. You tax me too much. I have a lot to say, but I have a house here, so I don't want to go back. Like, I li- I remember I lived three doors down from, I'm guessing, Jiminy Cricket. I can't honestly remember. I just, I think I saw them, like, kind of being around at some point. But that's all I got. It's like claim to fame. 
Yeah, exactly. It's just like, what's your, what's your, uh, you know, six degrees to the charmings? How do you get yourself there? And it's like, well, I'm the baker that supplies the bread to the sandwich shop that puts together their craft services table. <laughs> and I'm a resident of. Eat. <laughs> I'm one of the residents of a village the evil queen didn't burn down, so things were, you know, okay. Yeah, she came. Like, oh, it's one of those like people who were like, no one can check me on this. Be like, oh no, she came. I talked her out of it. Me. <laughs> I did. No one else is here to tell her anyone otherwise. I was the one that talked her out of it. So that's a hundred. That's a hundred percent a pickup line someone's used on the ladies who tavern. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, what's up? And they're like, move along, because they know everything and would have definitely known who that person was. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, everybody is is on the hunt for Hook, but Emma is the one who gets to him first. Emma, dark Emma. She is now in her full regalia, but she hasn't quite adopted her dark one voice yet. It's it's a bit of a confusing time. She's she's freaking out. She's happy. Hook is alive, but they're not exactly having a great reunion. And much of this back. I'm not going to like go into the scene by scene because it's a lot of repeats where. Yeah. Emma is like, no, you can, she's pulling a bell on Rumple. No, you can fight this. We can be together. And Hook's like, no, I'm angry. I'm a beast. I'm a crocodile. I'm a monster. No. And then all of a sudden, at one point, he's like, okay, cool. We're great. I'm totally not tricking you. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, God. Because he knows. He knows how easy it is to trick her. He's <laughs> just like, it's so easy. He's just like, no, Emma, I totally believe you. And the power of your smoochies. Um, it was basically true love's kiss. I'm perfectly ready to do this. We should go into Granny's and I should go in there alone. Yes. Very, very smart. Smart plan. The the one note I will make is Emma immediately lies to him and pretends that she doesn't have Excalibur when she does. And she does inevitably control him intentionally and unintentionally. So she's making a lot of... Um, like there's a there's a, a note in uh, the duel between Rumple and Hook where he says something like about the first cut is the deepest or something. I feel like this was like a death by tiny cut situation. Like Emma was just like did step 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 dab just a little bit at a time. Well, I think it's also that kind of thing where like if you've ever been like, and I know that that like he's 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 being possessed by the darkness of the universe and everything. But like just imagine like the most annoyed you've ever been with somebody. And then, like, being like, you know what? I, I'm so annoyed with them. Literally, them breathing is the worst thing that they could do to you. Like, every <laughs> single thing that happens that they do is the worst. Be like, I'm mad at them for X, Y, and Z. And then they appear, and they try to, like, act casual, and you're just like, I can't. I can't with this guy. I absolutely can't. Like, I feel like that's also what it is, where it's like, no matter what Emma does, it's somehow going to be a slight. Even, like, because, like, especially with the unintentional commanding because that happened with Regina when Regina was accidentally doing it to her, right? And she was kind of like, she didn't like it, but she understood that Regina wasn't doing it on purpose. So what basically happens is Emma and Hook head back to Granny's hand in hand. Everything's great. It's it's very, so happy together. I can't see. Like, they might as well be, like, skipping down the road and and hook is is hamming it up 
He's giant smile plastered on his face. You want to see how he got these scars? Well, he's about to rip out a heart and show you. So yeah, he's like, oh, don't worry, guys. I'll go in and talk to Merlin by myself. Y'all can just wait out here for reason and no one questions this they're all such a bunch of dorks i swear i first i would like to point out what a power couple the dark ones look like because hook looks like he is going to go on stage rip off his shirt and shred on a guitar and scream into a microphone for like 12 hours minimum but like emma looks like she's the bass player in that band who everyone's in love with you know what I mean? Just like hair mm-hmm. slicked back, very serious in control, just all cheekbones and legs. And it's just like she plays the bass and she just stands there while Hook's going crazy because Hook does look like the more chaotic one on purpose because Emma's dark version is supposed to be controlled and Hook looks chaotic. They just look like this like power metal band situation that I really appreciated. Um, and see, I really wanted an episode where they leaned into that. I think this needed... One more episode. Yes. In fact, maybe we could have gotten rid of Magic Beer. I don't know. Whoa, whoa, we... whoa, whoa, whoa. Magic Beer. No, I draw the line. We ha- can't get rid of that. It is crucial to the plot and development of the rest of the show, Beth, obviously. <laughs> My apologies, of course. Well, we do need the Magic Beer later for you know, reasons. It, for reasons. But no, I wanted, I wanted them to like be like... Sid and Nancy, like Bonnie and Clyde, to like have an episode where they're both together and they're trying to like live their lives as dark ones and being like, this is fine. And maybe like, and and maybe, and, and Emma's like, well, you know, we're going to figure it out. We're going to fix it. And Hook's just being like tempted by the darkness and he's like trying to tempt Emma and she's succumbing to it. And it's like, oh, it's so easy and we can have whatever we want. We can be together forever. We can sail, we can go, we can sail around the world. Nothing can stop us. And then eventually Emma starts, you know, through whatever circumstances, Emma realizes that it can't, it's a, it's a force that cannot be stopped and it cannot be contained. Yeah. And it starts to hurt the people that she cares about. Maybe it comes after Henry. And then she's like, oh, only I can irreparably damage my son with dark magic. No one else can. I would. I I agree with you. I would love an episode where they test this a little bit. Because timeline wise, based on my math, Hook is turned into the dark one. And then the dark curse is enacted. And we're all spent back to Storybrooke in about 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like there's no time. I I would have liked a no 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 no. You guys believed in me. We should also believe in Hook. Hook, say that they should believe in you. <sighs> you should believe in me. Like just like a kid talking to Santa Claus, just uh, um, or talking to like random adults at a party. Just like say hello to your aunt you've never seen before. Hi. Um, I would have liked that more character development with Dark Hook and Dark Emma. Like, I don't know. I like what you were explaining. It kind of had, like, a Emma tries to eat, pray, love with him, and he, like, just can't stop being drunk and ruining it. I'm just a little disappointed that at no point do we see Emma enjoying being the Dark One. It's always a, it's always an obstacle. It's always a bad thing. And and granted, for Rumple, it was, you know, not the greatest thing, but he genuinely enjoyed having that power. He genuinely enjoyed making deals. Even though when he was just a person, he was like a total coward and that wasn't the kind of thing he did. The Dark One brought out 
something in him. And I kind of wish they had done the same for Emma, but I think they were so afraid of making a mistake with Emma and portraying her in a way they couldn't take back. So they ended up just like overcorrecting by being like, no, no, she just hates it the whole time. They, they tried to give it to her a little bit in the Nimue episode. Like, cause I think someone was like, did you like it? And she was kind of like, Oh, I did a little, but like, she's immediately rejecting it. I agree with you. I think she, her character development should have been her slipping a little bit further into it. Mm -hmm. And I would have liked to watch because of Emma, the way that she's characterized as being a very calculating, like a very uh, cerebral person. That's a better word. She's a very cerebral person trying to think through things. I would have liked her logic out of being the dark one. Being like, no, 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 no. No, it feels amazing. This feels great. But it's not the person I am. I don't want this. I don't like the way that this, like, I have, like, I live by a code. A man's code. You know, like Robin Hood. Uh, like, just, you know, I don't know. Just to have more be like, no, I don't believe in this morally. Because there's the darkness. And then there's having the way that you view the world. And they keep kind of couching it in the whole, like, this is what a hero would do versus a villain. And they never tease that out anymore. And I think that that's that's what I'm chafing against, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because they... And I feel like... And this is something I'm pretty sure we talked about the last time around. Is that... I think they were afraid of giving Emma too much as Dark Swan, so they 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 added Hook. They gave some so they could give some of it to him. I do think it was part of the motivation of oh well, we need somebody new who's really going to enjoy all this Dark One business. Lover's tragedy, it's great. I love it. I love it in concept. It's just an execution. It ends yeah. up not really. There's not enough time for it, and there's not enough development of what it means for these two as individuals and as a couple. Correct. I would have loved dark one couple just hitting the town. Like imagine like in their story, Aaron Storybrooke and they're just walking down the street in their heels and their, their low cut vests and they pop into the bar or they pop into grannies and they're just downing shots and, and making deals left and right and like having wild sex. Just like, come on y'all. I, sorry, well, sorry, you derailed my train of thought when you were just like, wild sex. Um, <laughs> no, oh, yeah. could you imagine, like, no, because this would be a fun, it'd be a fun thing, thought experiment here. Emma thinks that she can overcome the darkness and just use the power for good. And instead, she does the Liz Lemon going back to high school graduation thing where she thinks she's doing really well, but she's actually the bully. Like, she thinks she's doing all these good things for people, but actually everyone is terrified of her. And they've hated every deal they've made. See, that? yeah, that would be really interesting. Like, give her, like, some kind of delusion thing. And, I mean, they tried to kind of do it a little bit with Emma, like, insisting that she's using the magic for good but they could have definitely gone harder but they're gonna that's what they have hook for they have hook so that all the all the super evil id stuff can be manifested into him he goes to kill merlin to enact the dark curse and take everyone back to storybook so he can fulfill his destiny and kill the crocodile once and for all and merlin's like you love me that much I didn't know I was the thing you loved the most. I mean, I do not reciprocate. (laughs) (laughs) The feeling is not mutual, but but I respect it and we're cool. Hook said, I love you. And Merlin said, thanks. (laughs) 
no, apparently there is a, a nice little loophole that I'm guessing Rumple never took advantage of. Or if he did, we just don't know about it. Where apparently if any Dark One loved anybody, you can just channel that Dark One like the Avatar power. And and then all of a sudden you can you can crush the heart and enact a dark curse. Like, I feel like Rumple would have done that before going to the evil queen. Listen, I agree. But I also would really love it. Like, I would love the theory that just literally just manifested in my brain of the fact that uh, the reason that Rumple can never really love Belle correctly is because he doesn't actually love Belle. Nimue loves Belle. <laughs> And is trying to make Rumple love Belle, and it's just not working because she is not. She's just a manifestation. Oh, that'd be so funny. Be like, no, love her, love her. She's great. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, like you know, Rumple needed to enact his dark curse so he could go find Bale, Balefire. Yep. And if he, why did he go through all the trouble of do, making all the all the machinations with the evil queen, all those different steps? When he simply could have gone through his little mind Rolodex, found the Dark Boar's girlfriend. No! (laughs) (laughs) Because the Dark Boar sacrificed himself to become Dark One to save his love. Go find the love, crush her heart as the Dark Boar. Becky the Boar did nothing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that'd be so funny. I'm just crushing the hearts of, like... Just at this point, though, and I just want to say this, they did the same thing with the author where they introduced this like long lineage of creatures that have trolled this planet for as long as stories have existed. But they only give us like three and one of them is more of a a, 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 a wink situation mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, the author. Yes, the author may or may not be this person you all know, but we're definitely not going to mention. But it was related to a mouse. Also, this this kid that you really like, but somewhere in the middle, he was this piece of crap guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and then we're just going to disregard it. Like, there could have been a whole story, like, of different authors and stuff. Could have whole been thing with the Dark One. And I feel like I that drives me nuts. Like, don't introduce this giant thing and then only give me a drop. Just a drop. <laughs> it turns the chair around backwards. You know who the original author was? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> No, no, Jesus never wrote down shit. It's a guy turned around. My name's Matthew. I watched Jesus do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and I wrote it all down. I got stories to tell. Ladies who tavern, come over here. We love the gossip. We'll turn that water into wine. Yeah. Woo. Oh, the ladies who tavern are like, no, no, no. We're going to stop before I start saying like weird. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. Start well, anyway, so, so as name away. Uh, Hook, you know, embodying the spirit of Nimue, I guess. Hook crushes the heart and Merlin dies and he's dead. He's dead, dead. But not before he was able to rest in peace. But not before uh, sending out his vague message to something out in the universe uh, that we get through the magic mushroom later. Such a weird, like, serenity vibe. Just being like, Mal, they killed me with a sore, Mal. (laughs) You can't stop the signal, Mal. Oh, my God. It had such... it That vibe was so immaculate. And then, like, this one was... I did like this. I liked the reveal where it's like, oh, you see this and you just assume it was Emma. No, it was Hook. You never would have guessed. (laughs) Ha ha, (laughs) debated. And 
And that's and so basically the the curse is starting to come. Nothing can stop it. But Emma's like, bet I can stop you remembering it. This is totally going to fix everything. I'm just going to erase your memory. You're not even going to know you're the dark one. You're not even going to realize you're the dark one. You're going to go on living your happy, super awesome life. Also, I'm erasing everyone else's memories. Total sacrifice. I'm the real victim here. And and then, yeah, we're all going to head back to Storybrooke and everything's going to be fine. This whole episode was like just Homer in the Simpsons chasing the pig on the grill and they're just trying to catch it and he's just yelling, it's still good, it's still good, it's still good and he's just chasing it through everything and finally Bart just like, dad, it's gone. Like that's a whole episode. Everything in this storyline is just Emma being like, I can fix this. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Everything will be back. It'll be fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's like a dad having a stress attack on Christmas. I'll fix this. It's fine. It's a lot of it's a lot of procrastination, hoping that the problem is going to solve itself before anyone figures it out. Yeah. And it's also like, did she just knock everybody out and then just like the magic sweep of just everyone is now unconscious on the floor in their garb and they were all just standing out there. Like, that's so funny to me. And she's like, a dream catcher. I will catch everybody's thing. And then I'm going to throw in this pot and it's going to work exactly the way I think that it's going to because I thought about this for 15 milliseconds. Let's go. Um, it all wrapped up. I'm not going to say neatly. Neatly is not the right word. <laughs> Quickly is a better word. Yeah. Because it all it, happened like that. It wrapped up rapidly. Hey. So anyway, now we are back in Storybrooke. Emma is, uh, she is getting, she's got um, a little bit of squid ink on her. Hook is awake. Uh, He and Zelina are about to make out right in front of her. That's what I was assuming is going to happen. This, this, I was like, oh, here's our Sid and Nancy. Go for it, team. Uh, Listen, the the, the first part of the wiki is just at Emma's, at Emma's home. Hook, now endowed. Nice. Oh, with dark one powers. Oh, okay. Okay. I got to keep reading. Uh, So. So, so he's just immediately like, after he gets his memories back, he's immediately different person. He's dark hook, fully committed. They cuff Emma. So she is magic cuffed. And they, they like, they can't use the dream catchers, I guess. But they use it kind of, they take her memory. What, how much of her memory did they take? Because they didn't take a, they took a weird amount of her memory. That was what I was wondering. Because she seemed to remember everything up to the contents of her conversation with Hook. Or up until that moment of realization where she's like, I know. It's like he only removed the plan. But I feel like it would have been much more diabolical if he'd removed like everything. And she was just a blank slate. How funny with it. He just removed everything like right up until she sacrificed herself like here you want people to forget that you're the dark one fine i will or for me to forget that i'm the dark one i will make you forget your dark one look emma shows up to the sheriff's station with blonde hair and her red jacket guys what i miss like uh uh what's happening uh so they basically they they leave she he gets the he gets the sword it's a whole thing he then goes and like in the most extra way possible, challenges gold to a duel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot. they The throwaway line in the past where Hook was like, also, the sword is in the stone. Like, that's just, that's <laughs> why I got the- And then you see, like, Arthur standing there being like, why is the sword back in the stone and why is it on my table? 
<laughs> the hell is happening? What's that big cloud coming for me? Uh, so, okay. So, they decide. He's like, I will challenge you to a duel. Fisticuffs at dawn on my ship. Uh, first of all, Rumple never agreed to a duel on someone else's turf. It's supposed to be neutral ground. Let's get it together. So they're going to duel because Hook is mad and he wants to fulfill his destiny of killing the crocodile. And, and Rumple has honor and is like, I've got to defeat him on my terms. And yeah, like, I got to be a hero. Because like <sighs> Emma later runs in and she's like, we need Squid Ink. You can like stop him. And he's like, first of all, I don't trust you. Second of all, a gentleman fights with honor. My fa- my son, my my father was Peter Pan. I've learned good form. It's fine. It's fine. I know how this works. Um, anyway, so he's decided. He's like, I'm going to do this. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Uh, we're just going to b- bump this Zelina stuff out of the way because it made me mad. So Please do. Zelina's mission is to then go find her child. You know, as a mother would. Again. I, I kept kind of grappling with this because I was just like, remember, the, the way that this child was 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 brought into the world is not spectacular. So can't give us all the sympathy, but I was still grappling with it a little bit. But she goes in to like go into like the hospital, I guess, or whatever. And Regina's like, nope, I put magic around the baby. You will never touch this baby. Well, no, the, the baby's not even there. Oh, the you, baby's well, yeah. been taken out. The baby's just gone, but she's also just like, what are you doing? She's like, you will never see that baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> Regina has gone like full stepmother again, but like the mean stepmother in the McDonald's parking lot, like shaking her keys, like just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why is she covered in Cheeto dust? Um, <laughs> oh, is this your also, girlfriend? <laughs> also, like the 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 little the little bassinet thing at the hospital, the tags said babyhood. <laughs> babyhood. Where's Maybe the rest hood. of his cloak? <laughs> I just thought that was the funniest thing. But yeah, like, and, and in this scene, Regina stops just shy of of the truth that we all know, which is that it was sexual assault because she calls it the most vile way imaginable, which is accurate, although we're dancing around the awful truth of it. So I, like, the, she, she makes some excellent points, but also, um, like, there's a, custody like where's the legal process I, none oh. no nothing anyone is doing is is legal or moral or anything no no and that's what that was what was like driving me the most nuts about regina's insertion into this situation where it's like you're still not married to the man you are the mean girlfriend who thinks they're already married and has taken over it's just like it's a weird odd vibe because then cut to Zelina going to the apartment to go see the baby and Regina gives her this big speech about we have decided collectively Robin doesn't speak much he's like we have decided uh, Robin and I Robin nod your head that you will only get to see your own child under supervised visits with one of us again this is why custody is handled in the court people can't work custody fairly (laughs) they're too much bias and then, like, sneaks in this weird thing about, like, it's important for you to see the child even under controlled circumstances because unconditional love is what made me better person. It. She basically looks like, in the eye and says, motherhood, it'll soften you. God, she's like the worst person at Thanksgiving dinner. She should have a child. 
it makes you the best version of yourself. It's like, listen, I love my son with all of my heart. I don't think I'm the best version of myself a lot of the time. Like, <laughs> I'm just a tired version of myself yeah. trying my best. Um, yeah, see, also, I, I'm a few weeks away from Henry returning to preschool, and I can't wait! <laughs> it's like, I love you so much, I can't wait for you to go back to school. Um, but, like, that's, like, I, it's just wrong. Like, I just, I get the idea of, like, saying, like, you know, conditional, unconditional love is wonderful, but at the same time, it's pushing this weird narrative that I've never liked of being like, once you hold your baby, you will be in love with this child, like, hook, line, and sinker. You will, you will never, you'll want to die for this child. And it's like, that's not the experience for a lot of people. Especially when you've spirited this child away immediately from a woman after giving birth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she lost the bonding, the natural bonding time that you should be having. Like, the skin to skin and all that other fun stuff. It it is not... I don't know. This is why, this is also what leads into a lot of postpartum depression situations. Is you're like, I don't don't want to take a bullet for this this six-pound child. I don't know what is wrong with me. You, You don't have unconditional love the moment you see a lot a lot of times you You really don't you more often don't than do like that's it's that's very much a in a lot of ways it's a it's a it's a trope that's kind of placed on particularly mothers to instantly like your life has changed forever inside and out you have to adopt this new mentality you are now this is now your identity and it is now your personhood and everything I had I had mild postpartum, but I had postpartum. And let me tell you, like the the whole trope of like you envision like the death of the baby, it's real. Like Oh, it's so weird. I've always had anxiety and yeah, you're suddenly so anxious about literally everything in your home. Well, yeah, I was like, I had a little, like, I had a little, you know, portable washer in a, a washing machine in our bathroom, and I was like, what if the baby was just in it? And I yeah. just stared. <laughs> what if, what if I, it's, it's the, mine was more of an anxiety situation. I love that we're just, I love our therapy sessions when we do this. But like, <laughs> it was one of those things where it was like, well, if there is ever like a, a serious storm, you're supposed to fill your tub up with water. What if, what if my child who has never done this ever a day in his life wakes up in the middle of the night, goes into the bathroom and drowns? Like, <laughs> well, I can't have open water. I just can't have open water sitting in my home. Well, I just got to zip it up. Um, but anyway, yeah. But I would also like to point out, just to make sure we're advocating both sides, it's also a trope put on dads, too. Be like, don't worry. You're not going to understand, like, your pregnant wife because, like, the life is growing inside of her and she gets it. You, it's when you see the child the first time, it will hit you. It also doesn't. <laughs> like, it's such a weird vibe of just being like, they do that in movies all the time where it's like, they didn't How I Met Your Mother. Spoiler alert, in the finale, Barney has a kid and he's the one that's like, having crazy a wild amount of sex with everybody and then like suddenly he's birthed a baby girl and he's like i love you so much and it's the most amazing thing he's ever that is not the truth universally acknowledged in any way shape or form no and and like also the whole thing they say of oh the baby looks more like the dad at birth so the dad doesn't want to immediately abandon it that's not true guys that's so weird and also and this will be the last thing i say but one of the things that drives me nuts is like it's it's part of the like you should have children because it will make you better person. Like, that's a weird thing to put on a kid. Like, you brought this kid into the world. They didn't ask for it. You should not be giving them a job to make you whole. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird for both people. Like, yeah. you shouldn't be depending on somebody else like that for your own fulfillment and happiness. Exactly. Anyway. Is, anyway, soapbox. <laughs> soapbox put down over here. 
We'll, we'll bring it see, back later. Is, yeah, we're going to tuck that tuck that in the back here. Yeah, and now we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about how Regina asks em- or Merida to keep an eye on Emma. And then Merida's just like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to stand here you? with my bow constantly pulled because this won't exhaust my arms at all. It's fine. This is a normal thing to be doing. She's like, and I was like, you know, that won't even kill me. I don't understand. And she's like, yeah, but it'll feel good if I get to do it. So just give me a reason. And then Hook sneaks up on her and she shoots him and he catches it next to his face. And I was like, nice. I like that. That was a cool shot. I I did find I did chuckle a bit when Meredith suggests uh, hitting, uh, sending an arrow to her knee because that's like yeah. a. That's uh, about getting married. Also, big joke in Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. She's like, it. I was the dark one, and then I took it narrow to the narrow knee. to the knee. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was like, Merida, you don't realize what you're doing. Oh, I've got a moaning baby over there. Oh, hmm, I'm sure he's fine. He's really upset about Merida trying to shoot Hook. He really is. Just because because Hook. Yeah, he's he is definitely a um he is definitely a, a Captain Hook fan. So yeah, guys, he's a Killian j- Jones fan, hardcore. Guys, look forward in twenty years when this podcast is revitalized by our baby dragons recapping the show that we recapped twice. Or no, they're going to recap our podcast that recapped the show. Recap is be like, guys, our moms are something else. We learned a lot about them being pregnant. Yes. On a number of episodes, for reasons that are unclear. <laughs> Should we say unhinged? Un- Maybe. That'll just be what it's called. Just like unhinged. Re- reviewing unhinged women pod, like my unhinged mom podcast. And like, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be a mom podcast? No, it's just specifically about a once upon a time recap podcast from the early 2000s. <laughs> um, anyway, Hook just mostly comes to taunt Emma. Mm-hmm. And is just like, haha, you don't remember what all the dark ones wanted. Haha, you're a dork. And then he goes to fight. Uh, he goes to fight Rumple. And it's kind of a sad fight. It's a pathetic fight. It has a very early Obi Wan, uh, Darth Vader episode four fight to it. Like, you're fighting. It definitely seemed like Hook didn't really want or care to win. Because I think he could have, like, done it a lot faster. <laughs> Rumble is, he sure, he magically, magicked away his, his, his limp, but, um, and which I wonder if it's going to come back or not, but um, he's still an old man. <laughs> he's yeah. very old. No, li- listen, like, they, they set that up knowing full well in every case, every case, every version of that story, Rumple dies. Rumple dies every single time because he is just a man. Going up against the Dark One with something to prove and a big sword. So, like, he was going to die. So, like, they kind of explained it away by Dark Hook being like, oh. Which, by the way, I love that they always caption him. Like, I I watch with closed captioning. It's always Dark Hook. It's never just Hook. It's always Dark Hook. They, he was just like, yeah, you'll always remember the time you were bested by, you know, Captain Hook. It was always a very Jack Sparrow getting away moment. Um... Because apparently, all he needed was the blood of a man who's been to hell and back, which I have opinions on, but whatever. But now he's also, uh, uh, minus his sword, the sword that can control the Dark One being him. Like, 
this is, doesn't seem like a very smart long-term plan for Bill No, Hook. it doesn't. And I, I, I think it does lend credence to... Emma keeps talking about how he's being controlled by, like, the other voices and stuff. And I feel like that's true. I get that. Again, I don't like it for Hook's characterization. I think he is a stronger person than that. I, I think that they're making it seem like Emma is a fortress kind of person when, like... When she is, but I also... And then it seems like they're portraying Hook as very weak-willed, which I yeah. don't care for. And also, we never saw this with Rumple. Like, Rumple was never battling the voices of the previous Dark Ones. He was never... We never saw him faced with those literal demons of his ancestral past. Yeah. So the fact that that's such a huge plot point now when it hasn't been before, yeah, it does... It does come across as making hook seem very weak and yeah i also do think that the making rumple be the voice in their heads i get it story-wise for once upon a time of oh it's a face that we recognize but there's no way it's not nimoe every single time like some sort of automated voice message when a dark one appears in the terminator goo like, hello, I am Nimue. You are now the darkest power in the universe. Let me walk you through the training montage. And they have to go through like a escape room until they get out and they become the actual dark one. Because Nimue is not letting anybody out into the world that isn't a full-fledged dark one. Right? Yeah. Like, she's not letting out. She would. Emma would have never left that little forest until she was fully prepared to be the dark one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was, that was my little gripe about that. Um, so anyway, before we get to the very final shot, uh, Emma and Henry have a moment of being like, we're going to team up and we're going to call it Operation Cobra Part 2. Again, it has nothing to do with, it. it is in no way consistent with Operation Cobra Part 1. Like, did you not get the, the movie rights to Operation Cobra Part 1? So you had to reshoot everything from Operation Cobra Part 2? Is that what happened? Have an Evil Dead situation on our hands? What's going on? I kind of have to wonder if if Emma just called it that because as the dark one, she isn't very creative. <laughs> no, which sucks. I feel like as the dark one, you should be inherently pretty creative because you have to think of deals that trick people. Like she you need also to have makes a... dream catchers. She's got crafts. She's crafting. She's like she doesn't have a way with words, but man, she can make. She don't let that bitch put a friendship bracelet on you. <laughs> You'll die. <laughs> You'll straight up die. Um. So they're gonna do that, and it's just like, yay! It's gonna be amazing. And Hook's like, I won. I'm gonna go meet Belle by the wishing well because that's how I will tell her that I survived. And she's like, cool, you survived. I need to go. <laughs> I. You're fine and you're fixed and you're clearly a hero now. Everything you've done is better now. But, like, I need to do this for me. I need to go d- backpack through Italy for a while to find myself. Yeah, I I think this could have been cut down so much. Because the main the main gist of it is is good. You've made a lot of progress. I am so happy for you and I'm so proud of you. But now it's my turn, and I can't go back. We we can't go back to how things were. There you yeah. go. Case closed. She's out the door. But instead, she goes on this giant long monologue about how hard she worked to fix him, and now he's fixed, and so she doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, like her actual reasoning was basically, I, I'd, she'd already basically walked away 
before he almost died. And she was basically trying to make sure that he lived mostly out of function. Like, it was just like a, I'm the only one that cares and I'm not going to let him die alone. I want to make sure he survives. Like, I hate the man, but, like, I don't want him to die. But now he's back and she's nursed him back to health. And so now she gets to continue to be gone. Like, it's just like, listen, I wasn't doing this to cultivate a loving relationship with you. I was doing this out of, like, a care. I, I care for you. But what we had is gone. Like, I, we, the, you were not going to be my boyfriend at the end of this. Or knew, like, they're divorced? I don't under, I don't, they're separated? I think they're, they're separated. They're yeah. married. They're separated. It's like, listen, we're not, we're not moving back in together into that weird house on the hill. <laughs> we're not gonna do it. I don't care what house you found on your walk. Um, yeah, you're right. It should have just been like a couple of lines, like a cool walkaway line. It should just be like, no, I'm so super pumped that you're alive. I'm glad that you're a hero now. Boy, we're really fast and loose with what a hero is. Damn. <laughs> and yeah, she just says too much. So too much. But she goes. To go find herself because Rumple's now fixed and she must go find another. She must go find another broken soul to fix. Yay. Um, and then we get to the final scene. Oh, no, not the final scene. Basically, they go and they steal some stuff from Rumple. It doesn't matter. A bunch of like hand waving and we all get our memories back. Okay. Like we get our memories back and Emma just goes, oh, no, I know what he's planning to do. And they cut to I'm- what he was planning to do. What's he, what's he planning to do? Well, Beth, he, he first of all, has to make sure that we understand why this is different than the Fury situation. Because the <laughs> Fury can only operate when Mars is retrograde and <laughs> the full moon is directly above it. Like this whole thing. But In the dawn us, of the age of Aquarius, of exactly, course. Exactly. Obviously. Just everything. But. That's Furies. They have all kinds of rules. Not us. Not us dark ones. We can do anything we want anyway. So we are going to open this hell's mouth all by ourselves with the blood of a man who's been to hell and back. And here comes a single boat. We've opened the hell's mouth and a single boat shows up. Not a bunch of boats yet. And it's Nimoe. And she's like, again, this is the this is the fan fiction-y over explanation moment. Uh, number three, I think, where she's like, yes, it is me, Nimue. I have arrived just as you planned because that's what we all planned. It's me in the flesh, not just a projection of yours. I'm here for real life, come from hell, and I've brought all my friends with me, and, and we're going to we're gonna act, we're just going to go crazy because this is the plan. It's like, she's talked for so long to a person who understood the plan. <laughs> yes, a person who understood the plan and a manifestation. Yep, and we are... Who already knows the plan. (laughs) And we are here to destroy light magic. Hooray! And then, that was why this episode in German was called All the Dark Ones. All the Dark Ones. (laughs) Or... Really giving it away at the end. (laughs) Or, as it is actually in German, All die Dunklen. What? It's what? All die Dunklen. In German. That's what... (laughs) Hold on. Fairly hold on. dark ones is Dunklin. Like Dunklin Donuts. Dunklin, yeah. No, you're right. All, all the Dunklin. All the Dunklin. 
Oldie Dunklin. Oldie Dunklin. You got to say it in like a Boston accent. Oldie Dunklin. I can't say a Boston accent. I was going to say, I don't even know what that was. German words in a Boston accent. I'm, as someone who speaks a very, like, very minuscule amount of German, now I'm going to be walking around the house trying to figure out how to do a German words in a Boston accent. Uh, School's over, guys. I'm on winter break. I have a whole bunch of stuff to do, so I'll be practicing my Bostonian accent with German words. But in the meantime, as Abby practices that multi-layered skill, this has been Season 5, Episode 10, Broken Heart, Old Dunklin. <laughs> and yeah, overall, like, I, I feel like we almost talked uh, less about the episode than we actually talked about the episode. Because, like, I'm, I'm very disappointed because the pieces were great the the story that they came up with is great it's just when it was all put together it's a lot of exposition it's a lot of people standing around and it's a lot of people just going through the motions there isn't there isn't a lot happening in this episode and this is an episode where things should be happening yeah like it, it was this is why I called it the fan fiction episode because it does sound like someone had a really good idea for something and they crammed it all into a single chapter. Mm-hmm. And so like, like, cause that's a really, that's a really common thing that you see in a lot of fan fiction where it's like, Oh, this is really great. How is this all one chapter? But like cramming it into one chapter is different than cramming it into a single episode. It's, it's a lot. Like we, we don't get enough time with dark hook from the inception, from the jump. We don't get enough time with him being with Emma and grappling with that because he he's basically a monster to her this whole episode, kind of. And she just doesn't have a grasp on it. I don't like that the moment he becomes a dark one, she kind of regresses to the mean. You know yeah. what I mean? So she becomes like, more like Emma. Yeah, but like still dressed up as the dark one. I'm like, how much of that did you transfer to him? It's just like you. We will be equals. I will give you ninety eight percent of my dark one skills. <laughs> like, but I still have the magic. I guess. I don't know. I. It, it was just kind of. It should have been more hype. This should have been a very exciting episode, and it wasn't. And it was, I think, due to the excess dialogue. I think this needed to be more show don't tell. We needed to see more of Hook, and like I said, maybe even Dark Emma. Getting into wacky dark one shenanigans, like show them like making deals, trying to make deals with Hopper, show them like doing all these different, you know, talking down, talking to Granny. She hits him with a crossbow. It does nothing like give them a way to showcase what the, the, the intoxication of being a dark one. And and what that can do to you and then have Emma ultimately reject it as Hook is embracing it. I do find it interesting that I'm noticing that they're trying to do two different things. They're trying to wind down. They're trying to wind down the current storyline by getting to the main event final Marvel battle, but also like slowly dripping in the next one. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, remember the boats? Remember how we got there? Remember what we did? Cause guess what's happening in an episode or two. And it's like, that's interesting because usually it's just sort of like it's this and then it's this. So I think that's interesting, but I think that it's not working as well as it should. 
Yeah. I, I wish it worked better and it would be a little bit more seamless, but it is, it does, it doesn't see, it, it's not seamless. It's very. That said, every time that they mention things related to the underworld, I feel like I'm Leonardo DiCaprio in that meme yeah. where he's pointing. Whoop, he's like, whoop. yeah. Cause, cause it just, it just reminds me of that feeling of when we were originally talking about it and hypothesizing that this could happen and then it did and we freaked the F out. We were so excited and oh, those poor, those poor sweet summer children. They were so excited. We were so like, I remember how excited we were. Like, I remember coming back up after that podcast. I'm like, I'm so excited. Like, this is the best plan that we've ever had ever. And then it's like, I just cut to us being like, oh, Okay, because I think that first promo picture came out right around this time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, oh, we're, go- like, I'll have to look up with the actual timeline of when stuff started trickling out. Because like, you can see it. It's so funny. You can see it on real time in Reddit. If you start searching for stuff, it'll be like seven years ago, and you'll see some posts of people speculating when some of this stuff will start happening. It's hysterical. Like, it's like, it's going to the Wayback Machine and experiencing some of that stuff. It's like, you almost want to respond and be like, hey, it's me from the future. Bad news. Like, <laughs> like there, someone shared a long time ago, and I think about this, like, I don't know why I think about it as much as I do, but it was like a, a discussion board from 1998 about, like, the first Game of Thrones book. And someone was just like... Oh my god! I can't wait till they flesh out what happens with Riken and, and his dire wolf. And it was just like, "Hello, it's me from the future. I have terrible news. <laughs> you will a never find out, and when you do find out, it will not be from this man, and it won't be in a book. I have no idea how to explain that to you in in a in a, a pre Y two K fashion." <laughs> oh, anyway, um, yeah. Also, buy Apple of, stock. You won't regret it. Buy Apple stock. Yeah, but quick, 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 quick. Uh, they'll be like, what's that? And you'll be like, oh, I mean Macintosh. <laughs> well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. We especially want to thank our amazing patrons. If you are a Deary or a Swan Queen, uh, we have a new Patreon episode up for Netflix is Falling for Christmas. We are joined by Tim and we talked for over an hour about that movie. And I didn't know we were going to go that long. And frankly, it goes in wild and crazy directions. But I was... It was very fun. I think I think bringing Tim into those conversations usually usually equates to at least three random tangents that will take mm. up a very large majority of the time. But yes, um, I highly recommend watching Falling for Christmas and then and then listening to that because first of all, I don't know if you would understand it. Like maybe it would be a lot of fun to listen to us talk about a show you've never seen. Um, I don't know if it would spoil anything. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure we gave enough of a shot by shot basis, but yeah, it was a it was a good time, um, fun holiday episode for us to talk about because you know how we love our Netflix Christmas shows. We sure do. Uh, we want to thank our Swan Queens in particular. This week's Patreon shout out goes to La Femme Fixio. Now, thank you so much. And if you want to support us on Patreon, you can head to Patreon.com/slash/OEOAtiming. You can subscribe to us. You know wherever you get those wonderful podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. I am taking a break from Twitter. So you can technically find me there at Beth Elderkin, um, but I'm not using it for a multitude of reasons, all of which are Elon Musk is terrible and I hate him. Uh, So (laughs) if you want to plug another social media outlet for yourself, feel free. I don't don't have another real public. I don't I think I don't really have any other public social media that, I don't know, nothing really gained traction. Like no one's really on Mastodon anymore. The Hive didn't really take off. 
we gotta wait. We gotta wait a little bit. My Instagram's yeah. private kind of stuff. So it's just one of those like it feels weird. I haven't been on Twitter since well, I'm sorry, I'm I've been I have the app still on my phone and I scroll it from time to time, but it has become such absolute dog water. Uh is terrible, by the way, uh, as you can tell I've my nephew and my son, they love their YouTube, and I've started using weird YouTube vernacular. Anyway, dog water. It's a terrible site. Like, the trendings never make sense, and it, everything's broken. I have not tweeted since, I think, August 19th. Um, someone else, someone was led onto the platform, and I decided I was done. Um, and I've so far kept up with that. I think I accidentally liked something like that a friend posted. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing it. I'm not. <laughs> no, I don't. I, d- I like it in theory, but not in practice. So I went to her Facebook page because she's one of those. She posted on Twitter and on Facebook. So I went to her Facebook page and I liked it there. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough out there. I miss it. Cause I always want to, I, I have this urge to, to make weird comments about the show that we're watching just in no context i think that's yep. my favorite part it was always my favorite mm-hmm. part of just talking about tv shows that no one's watching anymore um but yeah as soon as i get a social as soon as we can find like a social media that's worth being on that's, we'll all go over there that we'll, we'll all go there and we will share our once upon a time memes but for right now facebook is the place to do it i guess unfortunately yeah. what yeah. a weird trade it's like i will not do this we are begrudgingly still on this one <laughs> This one has not pissed us off enough. Well, thank you, everybody, for for joining us and sticking with us. And uh, we can't wait for uh, the next episode, Season 5, Episode 11. So, Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye.